Kawhi alone inside. He's got the breakaway with the touch to the right. Go! Official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by Summit Brewing Company. The mouths are filled with puke, and the bathroom lines are packed with nervous peers, folks. We are in the final stretch. This is the People's Pitch, the official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club. I am your host, John, and my man needs no introduction. He is that famous. Nate Morales is on the ones and twos, as always. Nate... This year is a lot different than last year, isn't it? Yeah, John. Let's uh, if we remember back to last year. Well, we've got a live look in uh, back in time to what was going on at this point in the season last year. Let's let's listen in. <laughs> and John, um, though, I guess the the best way to to describe how that's different from this year is um, so. You know, slightly different screams into the pillow at 11 o'clock p.m., but uh, still (laughs) two very different but still similar uh, feelings of dread are creeping into my uh, nether regions. I would say it's more of a puckering. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone deals with it in a different way, John. (laughs) Right, right. But you know, man, it's all good. It's soccer. So weird things happen. We'll, We'll cover it today. This week's show, we'll, we're packed to the rafters. We'll cover that. We'll, we'll recap the Wednesday night slugfest that was the Twin Stars match. Uh, we'll talk about lacrosse heiress. Our U23s finally got the chance to eat some bug. Uh, they went down to Nebraska and faced the bug eaters. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll talk about that. And then we'll look at the ever-tightening NPSL North table. Nate, you do a great job of, of organizing th- those segments. So. Thanks. That one's going to be all you because I don't care about math that much. (laughs) Uh, And then we'll get ready for the tension-filled week that causes people to scream into pillows. Uh, The tension week full of soccer as we are visited by not only the second-place team in VSLT tomorrow, but we are faced with the third-place team and our arch-nemesis Duluth on Saturday. Uh, Nate, a modern-day philosopher named Bruce Buffer once said... Let's get ready to rumble. So why don't we get at it? (laughs) Let's get at it. Okay. So last week some shit happened. We already we already kind of touched (laughs) on that, but a lot of shit happened. So you know, and some of the results, and we'll talk about them. Were were because of a busy calendar for Minneapolis City, which started off you know with everyone's favorite Minnesota Twin Stars. They came to our place this time, Nate, uh, where we have lights and locker rooms and a trainer that's not a meteorologist. <laughs> weird. And, yeah, weird, right? Uh, probably the best trainer in, in soccer in the Midwest, in David Bloomquist from Twin Cities Orthopedics. But anyways, regardless, he's not a meteorologist. Um, the game was not lacking its usual fireworks, but despite them, I actually thought it was a, a really great soccer game. And it ended in a 2-2 draw. And hey... I was on the mic. I called the game with Nordo, which is 
super awesome. It was so cool to be in the booth with him. Uh, my first time calling a game, super hard. So anyone who thinks like they watch like a, a World Cup game, they're like, oh, Stuart Holden sucks. No, he doesn't. It's so hard <laughs> to call a soccer <laughs> game. <laughs> so you guys can all eat it. Um, so we lined up with a starting lineup, a uh, very familiar starting lineup with a, a few inclusions that were a little bit interesting. So we, uh, we started with Matt Elder in net. Our back line of uh, Charlie, Trey, Max, and uh, Nick Hines was inserted into the lineup. And then we had our usual pairing of Steve and, Wa- uh, Steve and Max. And then Martin was, uh, was not included, but Juan Luis was. And then we had Will and, Timmy on the wing- or Will and Whitney on the wings and Timmy up top. And then our bench was Martin, James, Siku, Abdallah Ba came back, Nick Hutton, and Miles Norville back from from his uh, his long injury break. Yeah. So the Twin Stars, John, as you uh, as we've noted, they played their standard. Uh, what was it? Three five two again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they elected to start their goalkeeper Torre over Teske, which I think is very strange. And I talked to the coach or one of their staff members about that beforehand. I thought both of them looked good, and the guy just said, ah, it's just a matter of getting each of them playing time. So it's like, well, don't you want to go with your guy, Teske? But Torrey, I think, held his own. So we tend to only totally disagree on things, Nate, like 5% of the time, and this is definitely <laughs> one of them. Torrey is a nightmare in gloves. Like, I mean, the guy stops shots, but he, I don't think he's even close to the caliber of Sean Teske. And I think we agree on that part, but I don't think he did yeah. very well. Right. Uh, he made he made one save that was worth noting, but other than that was like had two center blocks for feet and his distribution was terrible and almost cost them a couple opportunities for us to score. So I, I, I 95% disagree with you on this one. <laughs> Fair enough. So <laughs> we survived. The Crows survived an early threat from Chase Wright. I think he came right out of the gates gunning for us. Two minutes in, uh, he he had a chance. But otherwise, City looked really good to start the game. And Twin Stars looked sloppy in possession. Uh, and we turned turn those uh, those slops into some good old buildup of our <laughs> own play. Uh, <laughs> Whitney and Will especially looked really good on the wings. They were taking advantage of that three-man back line when Twin Stars would lose the ball with their with their wingbacks a little too far forward. And in fact, a long ball, uh, Max Kent to Will, led to something that we have seen so many times already this season, which is Will dropped in the box in a city PK. So <laughs> Max Stegert steps up, drains it, and it's one and nothing in the 11th minute. Pretty amazing. It's almost the exact minute we scored against them at home. Yeah, what was uh, it? At their uh, home. Seven or something minutes in, it was real close. Like, right yeah, away close. in the game, Will yeah. Kidd makes a dangerous run on the right side, dragged down in the box, penalty. Pretty sweet. Uh, eight, eight, you know, just right after that, at 18 minutes, Will again with a uh, dangerous diagonal run, and Toure comes out and just snags it. I thought pretty good timing on his part. And then right on the counter, uh, their, their guy, Chroma, is sprung. And even though Elder gets a hand on it, number eight from the Twin Stars shot dribbles into the netting, and it is one to one. So yeah, really awful. Quite the lapse in uh, in concentration in an otherwise pretty solid performance. That uh, that's uh, up to that point. We talked to Matt the first time we played them, you know, and Matt traditionally doesn't play a very high line as a goalkeeper. He likes to kind of sit on his on his goal line and, and, and stop shots that way. And, and he doesn't necessarily like to come further off of his line. And in the first matchup, 
he did that, and he was able to kind of gobble those balls up because we know what they're going to do. They're going to get the ball into the midfield. And they're going to try to spring their fast forwards. Yeah. And the way you, the way you counter that is by having uh, a higher goalkeeping line because then you can just eat it up. So I think there was a like a little bit of a lapse of communication between him and Trey on who was going to – is Matt going to come out for it? And he kind of got caught in no man's land and – the the chroma finish was it wasn't spectacular by any no. means, but it but it it, it worked. Yep. So one one it is. But that's uh you know for a while that's about all Twin Stars was doing. I think <clears throat> we started to really attack in earnest. Three minutes later in the twenty first, Tim Wills controls I think what was a beautiful dead on pass with his chest. Uh, brings it to the ground, shoots on the volley, but unfortunately right at Touré. I thought all in all. A great display from Tim, and he was just unlucky on that shot. So people may think that Timmy should have done better there because uh, he was kind of in space, but his run to get the ball was so dynamic, and the pass into him was from such a, a, a far distance that it, it gave him – I give him a ton of credit for even being able to bring it down off the chest and to control it in that tight space yeah. with an on-rushing goalie. But I, I think a simple shout from a friend would have maybe told him that he had time to – you know, given to take maybe a, a second touch, which at that point he composes himself, and and you think that for sure that second touch he he has almost a wide open far post, and he's able to slot it in, and then it's two to one of the good guys. But uh, you know, things happen, and it, like I said, <laughs> sure. it was that like you said, it was good enough that he even just was able to control it and and rip that thing off. So. Oh, well, next time. Uh, by, tw- by 24 minutes, man, I think the pressure really was on in our own third. Twin Stars were stifling our buildup. So really our only movement and-, and our threats were coming from long balls and through Will on the right side, who just turned that poor wingback of theirs into a turnstile, like over and over again. What was his name? <laughs> Dunkel or Dur- Dur- Dirtler? Uh, Dumbler. 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 An even worse name. Uh- <laughs> But Will Will made Dumbler his bitch all game, <laughs> and uh, and for a while that was the only, that was the only source of threat that we had. But uh, eventually, what thirty one minutes into the game, Max Stegert finds himself in space. He has the time, and he gathers himself, and he lets one rip from distance for his second of the night. Another long-range strike from our super dangerous midfielder. You're going to hate this comparison, but that is very Granite Xhaka-esque, John. Oh, God, that guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, Max, how how great is that? That this guy can can be dangerous from 20, 25 yards out. You never know if if you give him time. Is he going to put it you know, in the, in the net? Or is he going to dump it off and find someone even more dangerous from close range? I really I- like Max's play. I think varying up his his attacking side of things is what kind of has thrown other teams off this season. Mm-hmm. Is that he's so? I mean, you're so used to seeing him, you know, knocking the the five to ten yard pass and and breaking up a counterattack that you don't think of him as the guy who's going to be able to lash one out and and hit it from distance. And Just lasers. Up, yeah, just up, he's done it before, and you know, I'm a big proponent of a deep lying midfielder shoot from far out because that's what I used to do. Just <laughs> I always said that I had a green light from the parking lot as soon as I put my boots on. So, <laughs> so I, I'm I'm cool with that. But in my humble opinion, um, this was the only thing that Torre can take away from the match that was not his fault. Uh, I mean, the penalty aside, but uh, you know, this one from the run of play, yeah, some things happened there. He was wrong footed by a deflection of the shot. 
you know, I, I thought it was going to be, it was going to go in even if it didn't get deflected. Um, but, you know, it really isn't anything that you can do from his perspective than pick the ball of the net. I mean, you really want your defenders to be happy with conceding long shots because you have the ability as a goalkeeper to be able to cover it then. Mm-hmm. But And you want them to get their bodies in the way. But the, the deflection, it just sucks when it happens. Yeah, I could I could see that. But the rest of the first half, I think, was all city. I thought we were going to put another one in or another one past him for sure by the end of the half. Tim Wills, uh, Will Kidd, even Nick Hines got in on the action, putting shots on Toure. But he was up to the task every time, John. Right at the end, I think there was a Nick Hines shot where he was only able to like parry it. He couldn't quite gather it up, and it went out for a corner, but nothing came of that. Um, but right at the end of the half is really when the controversy struck. So Chroma again makes a run down the right sideline ahead of a ahead of a decent pass, which according to the replay and, and our own human eyes, he barely got a toe on, right? And this ball kept kind of going out of bounds. So he he maybe touches it with his toe, but that thing was never under his control. Off it went past the touchline. Trey just happened to be right there, and Chroma took a little bit of contact from him, and Chroma went down. By the time he went down, he was in the box. Inexplicably, the ref calls that a foul and a penalty was awarded. John, that ball to Chroma that he barely got that touch on looks like looked like it was off and away. What could the ref have seen there? So this is the only blemish of what I thought was a good night for the old Zebras. Uh, I thought they, they called a very good game. But live action, when I was on the call with Nardo, I thought there was no way that was a penalty. And then on the replay, it only really confirmed it. So first off, you know, in quotes, the foul occurred five yards outside of the eighteen. Yeah. And then the and then the the then Chroma, yeah, it was Chroma, correct? Yep, it was Chroma. So he runs through the back of Trey after like what you noted a really bad touch. So on, on the call, I said it's in one of those instances where a referee awards uh, a forward for a bad first touch. And there was no way in hell that guy was catching up with the ball after that first touch. It was almost already out of play when they called the foul. Yeah. And, and I mean, he had run into the back of Trey, and there's there's no way he takes takes him down there. Um, he was in great position to defend it and was shielding him, you know, out for a, a goal kick. And then Darbaki steps up, slots on the penalty kick, and celebrates like a very classy individual. Um, <laughs> I've scored a few goals in my day date, with most of them coming um, – from very uneventful places on the pitch, uh, like a free kick or a rebound or a penalty kick, but never once have I ever, has it ever really crossed my mind when I've tucked home a penalty to act like that. No, that was super classy. Uh, (laughs) So that was how the first half half ended, John, but all in all in that first half, I felt like we had control of the game. Like I said, sloppy possession from Twin Stars, Couple, couple dangerous counters here and there, but otherwise we were putting a lot of shots on net. So in the second half, Teske comes on, which is probably good timing, considering how many shots we were putting uh, putting on on the keepers. But the second half was marked by, I guess, an increased physicality and a pressure from Twin Stars. And I think, nonetheless, the midfield of, of ours was able to cause a few headaches. And it felt like the time was right to stretch the field. So on came Nick Hutton in the 66th minute. I think this is a great move. Like I said, Will was already making a turnstile out of Dumbler. Whitney was making a couple dangerous runs here and there. Um, makes It makes total sense to put Hutton in for Tim Wills and to add even more speed up front. And it worked, right? Like in the mm-hmm. 71st minute, just five minutes later, we, we, had a, we had a break. Whitney had a jump on his defenders and 
he was played in, and I think he would have been home free, man, but he tries to make a cut, and he goes down, like non-contact on the turf, which is never a good sign. What What is the word on this Whitney injury, John, can you say? So, um, <clears throat> I mean, uh, you have to look at it as more of like a, you feel bad for the guy because of the fact that, you know, he, he was injured last season with an ankle and, and his run of play so far has been, you know, nothing short of what we exactly needed and what we expected out of Whitney. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at this point, the injury itself is, is a hamstring. And, and with our shortened season and we're at that, we're, you know, we're in the dying stages of our season, you, you, you hope to get him back if, if we continue into a playoff scenario. But at this point, it's looking like he's got some uh, a long hill to climb in the training room with uh, David Bloomquist. Yeah, so chance of Whitney coming back by the end of the season is probably nil. Hopefully we'll see him in the postseason. But we've seen, what, two or three other players go down with hamstrings that have not come back yet, except for what Miles had a brief uh, had a brief tweaked hamstring, and now he's finally back, right? Yeah, you, you, just, only hope, you just only hope for Whitney that uh, it's, it's nothing too serious that uh, he, can, he can come back and still contribute. That's good. I did think pretty classy move for Kareem Darbaki to help him off, help him up, help him off the field. Um, kind of rare that you see a, mo- a moment of compassion and class from him on the field, but that was that was good. Yeah, uh, it makes up for everything, right? No, well, I'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> so the final, but the final ten minutes of this game, John, after Whitney goes off and there's a little back and forth there for a while, was really fast and frantic, man. I think both teams were working overtime to find that winner, as tends to happen. To us when we're uh, when we're coming up with uh, coming up on a draw and in the 82nd minute Chase Wright just destroyed our defense but Abdallah Ba came across the field came to the rescue with a clutch clearance almost right off the line to save uh, to save a sure chance five minutes later a free kick bounces around in the box lands at Martin Brown's feet who had subbed in for Juan Luis and Martin puts it off the post like it was it was right that was the chance man and the yeah, re- the rebound also finds a boot but that shot was deflected out for a throw and then from that throw in like a really nice long Hutton throw finds Martin's head and Teskey just gets a finger on it to send it wide that's like three beautiful chances to just close that game out at the 87th minute Super, super bummed out that we couldn't do that, but it was really action packed, and I and I enjoyed that that run of play. So I mean, even though you feel those should have fallen for us, it was a really great showing that even at the death, we were able to create chances, and not just like the same type of chances we created through the the run of play in the in the beginning, middle, and and closing into the end of the game. So, yeah, shit. Yeah, uh, I mean, even Steve was getting forward. Like Steve yeah. was up the field making a couple moves on some guys, trying to get some crosses in. It was <laughs> everyone was getting in on this, trying to trying to get the last goal. Yeah, uh, but they were doing the same thing, man. At night, like right at the death, the 90th minute, the Oliver brother is loose down the right side, and I think he is smartly fouled. That was a good time to foul him, but it, and it it looked like. Like some griping city players were kind of standing around, and they got caught on this quick restart. Like I thought that was a, a brief uh, lapse in concentration for them, and all of a sudden Steve swoops in because there was nobody to intercept this pass, or there's nobody between Tyler Oliver's restart and the and the uh, whoever number twenty two was that was that was going after that ball. Steve swoops in, shuts that pass down. Only literally to be stomped in the junk by uh, Twin Stars number 22. I even forget his name. It's all over Twitter, though. Um, and uh, this guy was issued an immediate red and sent off. John, any, do you have any thoughts 
on what I would say this is uh, this typical foul that is very illustrative of the Twin Stars approach that really hasn't been said yet, John? I mean, you have to look at it nothing but dirty play, honestly. Uh, and that guy was play- actually playing really great in the second half, only to kind of lose all of his marbles and then stomp on Steve, whom he had just run through the back of. There was no question there. Yeah. So, but there's no place for that, and, and I'm glad to see the ref was was right there on the spot, and and, and it was the right thing to do to, to issue the sending off immediately. But what followed was only really a result of the fact that the player wouldn't leave the field, which compounds the total lack of discipline we talked about in our first matchup against them. You know, we, and we've seen it for for two years now. There's just no place for it, and I I think I really do feel it has to be addressed when the conference kind of chats at the end of the season, because. At some point, um, because none of the teams really want their players to be in that situation to get hurt outside of the normal run of aggressive play. You know, it's just not it's not cool for anybody. Right. Right. Yeah, no kidding, man. Um, Do you guys get together as a conference or the the teams get together as a conference and kind of chat after the uh, after the season to think, talk about what went right and what went wrong? Well, I mean, I don't go in those chats for for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> they try to keep the more level-headed officials from the team in on those. Well, I mean, sometimes I am the level-headed person, yeah, right? That's fair. That's true. Uh, um, but no, I mean, uh, at the end of the league, end of the year, kind of league annual meeting, you know, the conferences do get together for breakout sessions, and I know things like that are talked about, you know. And like I said, it's it's just one of those cases where. Um, our division in particular is kind of getting a reputation for being very aggressive, um, both through the run of play and outside of the run of play. Yeah. And, um, you know, if, if I'm a college coach, I'm not really interested in sending my players into a division for the summer where that's commonplace. I don't want my guys getting hurt. So something has to be done. I, I would love to be a fly on the wall in that, in that meeting room <laughs> where you know that it would be certain owners asking some hard questions of NPSL board member Kareem Darbaki, or not Kareem Darbaki, but uh, Yusuf Darbaki, and how what his answers would be and what moves forward out of that. Anyway, we'll talk. That's another. That's that's for another show. Uh, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're trying to finish this Twin Stars recap. So the game comes to a close, 2-2. Two to two. I think at times in this game it looked like City was going to just run away with this thing, and at other times we were on the ropes, but... A positive result didn't really ever seem in danger. I think this draw was was probably the worst thing that could happen based on based on what I saw on that field. All in all, I feel good taking four points from the Twin Stars this season, where last year we dropped all six to them. John, your thoughts on this game as a whole? Well, we talked about last time in my keys to victory. There were there were a couple points where where we would have had success, and one of them was controlling the pace of play. That was the first one, and we we saw in our in our positive moments in the game, it was because we were controlling the pace of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we were speeding it up when we needed to, or we were slowing it down when we had to. Um, the second was score early, and we did that. And then it was stay safe, which we now have <laughs> talked about that we uh, we try to do that, but. Um, you know, yeah. with, you can only do so much when a guy tries to leap on your junk, right? <laughs> yeah, no junk leaping. <laughs> so, uh, John, I think men of the match for me. I'm going to say men because it was the midfield duo of Max and Steve. Obviously, Max because he's got the brace that uh, almost won the game for us. Steve because the link up play between them was quite delicious, and Steve himself was, you know, up and down the field 
fill in space, doing the right things. Um, I chatted with Steve after the game, and let's have a listen to to what he had to say about this result. All right, I'm here with Steve Ian Smith. Uh, physical game tonight, man. Very contentious, Absolutely. very tough. But the full ninety for you. Are you surprised by this result? I wouldn't say I'm surprised. They are a good team, and they do play good soccer, and they, they try and do the right things. But at times it does get physical because I think we are rivals because we're closely matched, and it does – we know we're from the same city, so it does get contentious to say the least. But, no, it was a good result, I'd say. All right. Uh, you were forward quite a bit tonight, man. There were a couple times when you were in advance of even, uh, of even one of the wingers. Uh, you and Max feel like you're pretty comfortable – as a midfield duo, Absolutely. you know, one of you can move forward, the other one will drop back. You've got that communication down. Um, covering for each other is, is really easy. Would you call this a great midfield pairing or the best midfield pairing? <laughs> uh, something like that. One of the two. Um, I love playing with Max. He's a fantastic player. He makes life easier for everyone else on the field. Uh, just gets it and gives it, you know, does the things behind the scenes people don't often see. Um, he's great to play with as well as Martin and Juan. Anyone who's in that triangle, I think we have a fantastic midfield. And, Today I did find some gaps, and it was nice to go forward a little bit more than usual. You know, have some nice passes and stuff, so I thought it was a good day. Yeah. Good. So let's talk about your development a little bit. How does an 18-year-old Steve, baby Steve, deal with, uh, deal with a game <laughs> like this that's physical, that's contentious, um, that's tough? And what changes in your game have you, have you seen in the last three, three seasons to kind of uh, put you over, over the top to this kind of level? Wow. Uh, I mean, when I was 18, I probably would have shied away from the contact a bit more. I think I would have been hiding a little bit behind players, not looking for the ball as much as I do now. Uh, I think in these last few years with City, I've just become more confident in myself, um, confident in what I see in the field, that it's the right thing. I trust my instincts more. I feel like I've began to read the game a bit quicker, be better on defense. I think my defending has gotten a lot better, and that's really important in that position. So I think there's been a lot of things that have gotten better, but especially defending-wise. And I think my decision-making, I've been going forward a little bit more, even if it's not in the air, something on the ground. Yeah. Some of that footwork's not bad either. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> so not the result. 2-2 uh, draw tonight. Only one point to keep us at the top of the table. But not the result we were looking for. We were hoping to get all three, obviously, at home. Um, but a point is a point. We're at Aris on Saturday. How are you feeling about the chances of Minneapolis City, not only to make the playoffs, but to, uh, but to keep top of the table and win this win this division I mean I think you know we're a very good team and we're at the top for a reason because we play good soccer we do things the right way but that doesn't mean you can just stop now and everything will come to you uh, you have to keep going you have to keep playing you can't get complacent um, you just have to keep going keep pushing each other in training which I think has been fantastic the atmosphere and training I think is really what's brought us up more so as long as we keep this I think we should be we should be good I mean I don't want to make any predictions or not because I still think it's a little too early but I think we're in a good spot all right, thanks a lot. Ian Smith again, full 90 tonight. Uh, defensive midfielder for Minneapolis City. Thanks a lot, dude. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. All right, John. So much like much like Will uh, in his interview last week or the week before, I think Steve is another player with Minneapolis City that recognizes that he's starting to come into his own. He's able to um, exert his will on the game quite a bit more and have quite a bit more influence on the on the pace of play and the course of the course of the game. He's growing up. He's growing up, man, and I think that's great. Those are both two guys, one that came to us straight out of high school, I think one that came to us out of his after his freshman year, uh, Steve and Will, both growing up with Minneapolis City and really growing into great soccer players. So it's great to see that, and I think that is uh, that delivers on the mission of this team on a lot of levels. I couldn't really agree with you anymore, Nate. This is one of those times where we're 100% lockstep. You know, I think our offense and our defense all came through a, a well-organized midfield pair of both 
both uh, Max and Steve. So after that all happened, we pack up Murder One <laughs> oh, and Murder Two, and we head to the Good Land for what folks have called the free space on the bingo card versus Lacrosse Heiress. And let's just say it didn't go well for the league leaders as reports of the scoreline on social media were all true and the game finished as a scoreless draw we rolled out a starting lineup of james nair in net getting him back in after uh, a brief injury spell um ao trey max and nick hines and then we had u23 call up aiden o'driscoll and max in the center of the park and then martin will uh Kid and Siku rounded out the wingers, and then we had Whitney at the number nine. And then from a, a bench perspective, wait, so he was available? Uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Josh De La Rosa. Sorry. Oh, okay. So Josh De La Rosa. Typo. Sorry. Yeah, typo. Oops. Not everyone's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We did it so, to ourselves. Yeah, we we absolutely did. So uh, Josh De La Rosa starting up top. And then uh, our bench consisted of Troy Luegi as our backup goalie, Lionel Vang, another U23 call-up, Juan Luis, uh, Ian Smith, Tim Wills, and then Nick Hutton. So a lot of these guys looks like it was getting, uh, you know, especially with some of these dudes like Aiden, uh, Martin, Siku, like Josh, we're getting them, James. We're, we're using the guys that didn't play as much on – Wednesday and trying to get rest for the guys that that did sure. who ended up sure. on the bench to start the game, which makes to- total sense. But I mean, a zero zero draw, John, against Lacrosse Eris. What the fuck happened? Like, I checked my Twitter feed. I think I was in Target or some shit, <laughs> shopping <laughs> with the family, running errands, and it's just like I, the only game feed available was the the cats. The Cattisons were, were live tweeting, <laughs> and for a while I thought it was just a goddamn joke. Like, there's no way we're losing 0-0, or we're not... I guess it's basically we're losing. There's no way it's 0-0. And then finally, when the game was over, that was that was the scoreline? Like, what? What? Oh, yeah, I know. You want to yell in the pillow again, or what do you, what do you need? <laughs> you need, need some, uh, some old granddad? <laughs> okay. So, ba- so, are you you're good? Yeah. Okay. okay, so basically, <laughs> basically, same tale of what happened in the... The, the opener of the season against uh, Sioux Falls. Missed quite a few chances, and then coupled with long bouts of possession on the ball. And if you remember back to my uh, my keys of victory from last week, there were a few things that we really needed to do against lacrosse that I don't think we were able to do. One of them was don't get sleepy, and I think that with those long bouts of possession, we found ourselves again finding that we, we, we get lazy with how we attack. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next was vary, the, vary that attack up. And we we didn't necessarily do that. We tried to do that, but we were less relentless about it. And then rack up the goals. We didn't get any. So, again, maybe the question is, so what really did happen? Well, since the keys to victory didn't happen, we can only blame it on the – I mean, we can blame it on the fact that they let the grass grow real long – and that countered our speed on the wings. Um, and we can talk about how they bunkered seven and at times eight players behind the ball. Um, but at the end of the day, Nate, we didn't do those things we needed to do to win the game. Um, you know, we could have done that. And, and most importantly, the, the one that we didn't do was was finish our chances. And we've talked about it almost every single game. What, what are the common keys of victory? Score early, 
and and score often. And and we just didn't do that. And and, and I know it's really hard when a team sits deep on you and in those windows of attack are, are more than halfway shut. And, and it just sucks when another team parks the bus like that, but that's, that's tactics. It's, it's this awareness. And, you know, but what you, what you counter to do that is that consistent drive and that relentlessness to consistently search for opportunity. And then, and then when you get that one or two chances, you bury it, you get your three points and you go home. You don't care what the scoreline is at that point. And, and we just, we just did not do that. Um, and you know, soccer is a bitch sometimes. So now we, we just have to move on, but Hey, you know, we're still at the top of the heap and people are going to throw that shit at us. And, and that's what happens when you're a league leader in any league. And, and it's, it's a test you have to pass. So we fought hard with the, with a thin roster we had, and we took an away point home, which we talked about, like get points on the road. Um, so now we just have to have short term memories and get back to Osseo this week. John, that's how I know that you're a uh, you're you've been around the soccer game. You've played soccer quite quite a few <laughs> times. Is that you can you can take a take a unfavorable result and just be like, well, that's soccer. Let's move. On. It <laughs> Let's is man. Move on. Like I I spent the last four days like trying to check my fan entitlement because like on one hand i can't believe that we dropped two points here and the way that this season is playing out like missing the playoffs is on like part of my brain is like if we miss the playoffs that's gonna be on those guys who travel to lacrosse like how can they how can they do that to us <laughs> that's like i'm taking it very personally well, and i don't I, disagree with you there and that, I, that, I never <laughs> said that I, i'm just putting the spin on it that's where I was on Saturday night, especially. But like, as I calm down and try to put myself in a, a very John Bizworm Zen state, <laughs> I got to remember that I don't play soccer, and I don't know how hard it is to play soccer. So lately, on the other hand, I'm trying to like remember that this is exactly the scenario that you and I have been talking about all June. Like, I know the guys are tired. They've been playing. They played like nine games over the course of three weeks. Like, this is the end of a really long stretch of 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 physicality especially considering twin stars were in there twice that that really the Aries game was a perfect opportunity for basically a rest week before our last homestand um you know should we have probably gotten this win well yes we should have gotten this win but, but as long as we come out swinging on wednesday and saturday because we were able to uh relax a little bit this last weekend i will feel better now if we don't come out swinging wednesday I'm going to be really, really upset. (laughs) (laughs) And then again, the fan entitlement is going to come back like, you owe me some wins, you fuckers. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, having my my look into what happens midweek when we're not not, not having matches, uh, you know, the guys get it. You know, it's, it's not falling on deaf ears. So they know what they have to do, and let's just go out and fucking do it, right? Word. But uh, last week, that wasn't it. That wasn't it for all the action. There was some uh, concurrent action a few states away. Yes, uh, and at home. So while, while one team was in lacrosse, that we had two Stegman teams playing for, for in cup games at home. Um, and then we had the Rookery. The uh, U23 team was off to Nebraska to take on the Bug Eaters of the UPSL. A few things went sideways for us on that trip, like the location of the game changed. Uh, like, you know, four days beforehand, and it was like 45 minutes further away for us from where we had already scheduled hotels. Logistics, Jesus. 
Logistics aside, the young crows weathered that storm, and they didn't lay um, they didn't lay an egg totally. Um, but the uh, the UPSL side that's definitely proven uh, saw a one. 0 victory on a 68th minute penalty kick. So, they didn't come home with with uh with a good result, but by and large given the circumstances with how thin we were and, you know, the MPSL team borrowing uh Troy, Lionel, Aiden and Josh, you know, you, you think about like, okay, so who fills the, those needs? Anyways, uh they did well. They played really well. I was good. able to, I was able to watch the uh, the stream. It was kind of garbage, uh but, you know, the quality it, of the of the video? Well, it was it, it would like lag. So, oh. it, there would be like three passes strung together and then it would stop and then like the other team had it all of a sudden and you're like, "Okay, so what <laughs> what happened?" <laughs> So, but anyways, let's let's do a quick recap here. So first yeah. half, uh, the Eaters came out strong, um, really showing themselves to be a well-connected unit, um, and they really like to play play soccer. Play soccer. They, they play good soccer. So they deployed a very similar formation and looked to what Duluth kind of rolls out. Um, big defenders, center midfielders like to hit the, the long ball. Um, big British guy up top who scores goals quicker than he throws down pints. Um, but but City put them to the test early with some good run of play between um, Matt Murakami and Arthur Perrins in the middle of the field, and I'll, I'll kind of call it in in quotes the the gusty connection since they both finished uh, up up last season playing at Gustavus. Um, but they saw a sweet through pass to uh, Dort College incoming freshman Nils Gilbrunson, who was looking to add to his hot streak. You know. He's, Quite a few goals he's racked up in the in the the past uh, couple weeks, um, but the finish was not in the stars. So after that kind of you know spark that they could have saw us you know going up one nothing, we weathered waves of attack for the final 15 minutes of the half, and and the backline anchored by Luther College center back Harry Mears and then Harvard's Jack Miller was equal to all things thrown at them um, as they they were supporting uh, St. Thomas goalkeeper Troy Lewicki. Um, whoa whoa whoa. Or uh, sorry, sorry, uh, not no wait. Uh, Matt Elder was the backup goalie in lacrosse. I'm sorry, man. Typos everywhere. So Troy started the game in lacrosse. No, my my whoa 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 is um, Jack My Jack Myler's back. Yeah. Oh yeah. Jack plays for the U23s. That was uh, that was he was not on the when we introduced the U23s earlier in the season or before the season in the podcast. He was not there. Like Jack Myler was featured. A couple times last year on our on our uh, NPSL squad. That's pretty cool to have him back. Actually, he didn't feature last year. He featured in year one. That's with right. Our, with our That's BLA right. Team. And last year was the, the the Harvard team in general had an issue that he was thankfully unaffected by. Um, but it's yep. great to see him coming back to the to the Minneapolis City fold and getting some getting some reps with us. That's exciting as hell because he's he's a good prospect. Yeah, oh, Jack's a great one. He's a great person, so he he fits the mold of the guys we like to bring in. And uh, and two, he you know he's back in town. And and three, we're able to provide a home for him. So yeah, That's exactly. Great. The years are just running together. I thought it was last year, but it's two years ago. That's true. And I thought you were all excited about another typo. No, where... no, I was I wasn't trying to bust your balls on that. The the, the Jack Myler news is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, anyways, to continue without being rudely interrupted. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it should be noted that when I drew that Duluth con- comparison, I hope the listeners were kind of picking up what else I was putting down. Um, they like to say uh, they like to um, let's just say go into challenges hard. Oh yeah. Uh, so so the first half saw four yellow cards all to the home side in um, 
and then a unique attempt at the uh, Maradona hand of God by the <laughs> by the bug eater center forward, where he tried to to yeah. punch punch the ball over Troy, who's a goddamn behemoth. So uh, I don't know why he was trying to do that. Um, but anyways, no card drawn on that one, which should have been a straight red for um, for trying to attempt to purposefully handle the ball. Um, this is a anyway. friendly man, like four uh, four fucking yellow cards. Yeah, the game was not friendly from what I saw. Oh. Um, but but anyways, as it sat, zero zero was uh, a good good first um, good first half for the visitors after that long trip. Second half, uh, basically the same. City had good bouts of possession, but bad giveaways in the defensive third. A la our NPSL team last year, where when pressured, not not getting the ball out quick enough and, and having some turnovers. Um, so uh, one of those instances turned into uh, a penalty kick where one of the eaters was pulled down um, in the box, and like I said, in the 68th minute, and they buried it, one nothing. And then following that penalty kick, a nasty foul by one of the bug eaters saw a City player kind of wilt during the challenge and then issued a straight red card, and it, it was pretty dirty um and, and i'll definitely say it was it was warranted um the referee blows the whistle the boys learn a lot from the trip and then get the fuck out of dodge Damn. so next up for the rookery is uh july 1st they match up against masl uh side um consistent strong side tc fire uh time and location are tbd and should be coming out this coming week all right so after uh, after this last week john we, as you've mentioned, are still sitting top of the table with 25 points. We are now three points ahead of Duluth. However, um, let's just go down the table and I'll, we'll give you a little snapshot of the top four because that's what we're going to talk about really quickly in this segment. So, like I said, we are number one with a record of seven wins, zero losses, still undefeated, but four draws on the season. That's 25. That's good for 25 points. Second place currently is uh, Duluth FC with six wins, one loss, and four four draws. The difference there, now they're down to 22 points. VSLT having a game in hand, only playing technically 10 games because their Eris game was rained out. They're at six wins, two losses, and two draws with 20 points. Now, in fourth place, and I'm going to mention this, we'll get back to this in a bit, why this is important. Med City is kind of lurking back there. They've got four wins, three losses, four draws, 16 points on the season, and and they could have an effect on the outcome of how this season turns out. So, like I said, VSLT still has that game in hand yet to be finalized against Eris. We all saw what assuming points against Eris gets you. So I'm just going to keep that open and I won't assume that they have those three points and that they're really in second place. We'll just leave it the way that NPSL has it. So with three games left in the season, let's talk about Duluth. Duluth has Twin Stars at Duluth. They've got, they're coming here to play City and then they're going, and then Med City goes up there to Duluth to play them. It's worth noting that all three of these teams, us, Twin Stars, and Med City, have played Duluth to a draw in each of the first games this season. 3-3, Twin Stars, Duluth, 0-0, and 1-1. Can can Med City help us out for one goddamn high Yes, and I'll get to that in a second. Med (laughs) City can totally help us out. So there there are three similar results there. Um, 
And uh, if, if, if they get three similar draws, they just can't catch us. Like, there's just not enough points in the world for them to uh, for them to draw their next three games like they did the first three times they or the first times they played our three teams. So hopefully they do that. VSLT, now their four remaining games are against us tomorrow, Sioux Falls, and then Twin Stars. Plus Who their again ma- could help us out for yep. one goddamn hot minute. They won't. Plus their makeup game versus Eris. So besides the 5-1 dick stomping that we gave VSLT last time, all previous previous fixtures were in VSLT's favor. One one zero to Sioux Falls, one zero to Twin Stars, and five nothing last time they played Aris to to a full ninety. So for their part, let's get to Med City. They are nine points behind us, but they are still in the hunt for the playoffs, and I'll tell you why. Their remaining schedule is perhaps the most favorable. They visit Aris, which is pretty much right across the river for them. They welcome Dakota all the way to Rochester, which is I think the longest road trip in the uh, in the conference, right? And, so, yeah. and then they finish their season in Duluth. So with any luck, Med City is going to stay motivated and they're and stay motivated by some VSLT results to pull out a result on that very last day, dashing Duluth's playoff hopes, just like we did to Med City last season. Wouldn't that be great? Like if this Med City stars align, Med right. City if if they if they beat Eris and they beat Dakota, Med City will be at 20, uh, 22 points, and they will. Depending on how these other the, these two games go for us Wednesday and Saturday go for us, I mean Minneapolis Duluth and VSLT. Med City will have a very good chance of making the playoffs and, and scooting into second place if they beat Duluth the last day of the season, which would be very very good for us. So uh, that that is your that is your look into the NPSL North standings. Like I said, we are still in first place, but we need some results over these next over this next week, these next two games in order to uh in order to really hammer home this this uh first place finish. So piggybacking off of that, our first opportunity to really drive that nail in the coffin is tomorrow night, Wednesday, when VSLT comes up to Osseo. Yeah, last time John, we shocked the league by ha- <laughs> by hanging five on them at their house. Like nobody has done that since. Nobody has even really beaten them by any serious no, margin since, except really. for that, except for that one zero loss. Um, we really can't expect that kind of gift twice in one season. When that only other loss they have this season was one nothing. Can we? Uh, maybe not. I mean, perhaps, but they do have some dangerous players. You know, they like most teams are are, are down due to injury. Uh, player injury and they're really kind of relying on the second and third man up but really what we can, yeah what we can expect to see is uh Bokine on the wing who's always uh ever present and yeah he was a saucy saucy little little guy last time we played him yep so slapped him will kid <laughs> yeah, dude. you don't touch our will kid um, so him and then Andrew Jenkins up top, they, they, they've been causing havoc and, and rumor has it that, uh, Juan Fizz club owner is back on the pitch. Um, so he's always one that's going to organize a good back line. So, you know, you never know what they're going to, what, what to expect. I saw that on Twitter that he, uh, he had after his, on the live, you know, on their Twitter feed or whatever live tweet, he said, sorry, I couldn't update the score. I was playing. <laughs> like I yeah. was like, is it Juan running this or somebody else? But if it's Juan, that's no, hilarious. De- definitely Juan. So and ill advised. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, um, so you may ask me, Nate, what do we need to do to win that game? Yeah, and John. I'm glad, and I'm glad you asked. So my old granddad keys victory for for this this match is weather the storm and fight back. So what I mean by that is they're gonna attack. 
I don't know if they're going to throw as many players forward as they did last time against us because they, as well as us, are are equal in a playoff hunt. Mm -hmm. So they need to be very cautious as well, and they saw what happened with a high line. But what I mean by fight back is if they do pose that high line again, we have got to recognize it like we did last time and attack it. The second point is possess in good spots. Last time you saw us advancing our possession into their defensive third. If we get into a game where we start def- um, possessing in our defensive third, then we could have problems because they have the, the, the speed and the and the know-how in Bokeen and Jenkins to turn a ball over and then attack us in dangerous positions. And then mm. finally, never say die. We are at the point in time in this season where we have got to we, – we've got to we've got to throw out that Minnesota Knights with the bathwater like I mentioned a few weeks ago and get ruthless. And we, we, we didn't do that on Saturday. We have to come out with a chip on our shoulder and just go at these guys. Yeah, that was going to be my kind of my question, John, is how do we approach this game? Like are we going to be two teams that knows that we can bide our time and a draw doesn't necessarily hurt either of us, so let's just kind of take it easy? Or are we both going to come out swinging? And, and uh, it sounds like hopefully we're the – you know, our team at least is being coached up to uh, to try to stomp some more dicks. <laughs> Not like Twin not Stars literally things. like the yeah, Twin yeah, Stars, no, no, right? No, no. We no. don't, we don't, we don't, we don't do that figuratively. Like last time we played VSLT. So yeah. come on out, guys! Tomorrow night, tonight, if you're listening, I guess because this podcast will be posted Wednesday. City versus VSLT, seven p.m. tonight, Wednesday, June twenty seventh. At Osseo Senior High School, our home stadium, James D. Hansen Field. You can get tickets online ahead of the game at MPLSCitySC.com. They're always $8 ahead of, ahead of time, but $10 at the door. Well, then, folks, we finish up a regular season home schedule when we welcome Duluth to Osseo on Saturday. Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to see a couple players that we missed when when we visited over Memorial Day weekend, namely Kyle Farrar and Tom Corcoran, right, John? Yes, we will definitely see those guys, Nate. But this game is one that people have kind of, I, I believe, circled on their calendar as a as potentially one that dictates the title holder. Yeah, and it it very well could. You know, if City takes care of business with VSLT on twenty seventh tomorrow night or tonight or whatever, whenever you're listening to this, and and gets any points versus Duluth. We could see the trip to Dakota to end our season with nothing more than the feeling that uh, we definitely have a playoff spot versus having to worry about things like last year. So both teams are good. So expect some good soccer, some hard challenges, some swear words, whether they like it or not. Um, and then really the last chance for everyone to get some merch in person. You know, Touch that shirt. <laughs> That's a good point. T- touch that shirt. Make sure it feels good when you, when you try it on, you know. <laughs> the stimulus stuff is a weird fit, so <laughs> get on down to to, to the Griff and uh, and try some stuff on, get some merch. But how do we win this game? I'm so glad you asked, Nate. I, I would have asked, but you asked first. <laughs> the keys to victory against Duluth. First, keep our heads clear. We know what to expect. We know all the pressure that's coming. Balance that out by just playing good soccer, and 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 good things will come. Yeah. The second is pressure their middle. And, and I don't necessarily mean the middle of their field. What I mean is pressure their center backs, put a high line of pressure against their center midfielders because they don't like to be pressured because they want to turn and kind of play those long balls. And then pressure Farrar, who, who's their, their lone central striker. 
So if we can neutralize the middle the middle spine of the field, I, I do feel that it's in our favor. And then lastly, don't always look for the pass in the final third. So we saw that when we played against them over Memorial Day weekend. We were constantly looking for that final killer pass. We were within shooting distance. We've got to pull the trigger. I don't believe their goalie's been tested this whole entire summer. And when he was kind of drawn into action, just looked kind of wild and out of and uh, and undisciplined as far as where he picks and chooses to come off of his line. So pull the trigger from the parking lot. Hopefully Max is listening to this. It's 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 your day to green light. <laughs> green light. Uh, so John, in the first game, we both thought that City kind of looked lazy. We were losing possession and spending way too much time in our final third. The key for me to this game changing was when Ben Wexler came on in the second half and really sparked us to move forward with the ball. If Wex isn't available, who do we count on for that kind of an attitude? I mean, I think you look at you look at our, our central midfield pairing, you know, I think you look at, at at Max. I think if if Max can can like I said, you know, put pressure in that middle, he's gonna be higher up on the field. And then he gets a ball to a guy like Martin or Juan Luis in a more dangerous position. If, if you know, last time we played them, Juan Luis featured on the wing and not in the middle of the field, but he's mm-hmm. been doing really great things in the middle of the field since, since uh, we, we kind of made that adjustment. So, you know, not quite sure who the roster is going to be for that game yet, but you, you look at those players. All right, all right. So Minneapolis City versus Duluth, 7 p.m. Saturday, June 30th for our final home game of the regular season at Osseo Senior High School. Tickets are going to be online, again, at mplscitysc.com. You've got to come out and cheer your crows. It's, uh, it's, this is going to be a huge game. Either we've, we're going to be feeling real good or we're going to be feeling real scared. But either way, we're going to need your, we're going to need your support, people. And that is all for this week's show. Thank you, as always, to our sponsor, Summit Brewing. Uh, it is Pilsner season, my friends, <laughs> and what better brew to kick back with on the porch or on the lake or at the city tailgate than the Keller Pils? It was uh, hailed in 2016 as the number two Pilsner in the world by Paste Magazine. They probably should have named it Killer Pils. It's that good. Summit, a more meaningful brew since 1986. It's never too late friends to support Minneapolis City with a membership for 2018. For $65, you're going to get a vote and a say in the direction of local soccer throughout the offseason and next season, a pass to all remaining city matches this summer, including NPSL, U23, and any potential home playoff games. Plus, you get that classy membership scarf. Go on over to MPLSCitySC.com and jump on that bandwagon right now. If giving back to the community means a lot to you, maybe it is time to give to the club that gives back. Minneapolis City is a 501c3 that provides a safe, reliable, and fun environment for young people to play the beautiful game. Look for us this summer playing with kids in parks and community centers all around the city and consider that tax-deductible donation to a true city-focused organization. Just wrapped up uh, Pride Fest. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was out there for a little bit. Uh, Tim Wills nutmeg the leprechaun. It was awesome. <laughs> Hey, first time you've ever said that. Yes. <laughs> Send us mail, folks. It's easy. You got to hit us up on Twitter at the People's Pitch or through email at mcscpodcast at gmail.com. All questions, comments, and concerns are welcome. Concerns about your life, less welcome. And finally, as always, you can hit the club up <laughs> at MPLS City SC if you want to complain to them on Twitter. That is all for this week. 
we will once again leave you with our house MC, Miles Stockman Willis, a.k.a. Malaise, with this track for all of you called Loco. I'm Nate. That is John. Stock up on your adult diapers and come out to Osseo High School this week to cheer on your crows. The finish line is in sight, and they need your support. You got hooked. Diapers. Got a lot of the ball lately. Yep. Balling on them like, like a ball, bearing uh-huh. Solo local pulling hair. Crazy. What? Run the show like I ran. Aaron's soon start going ball. Maybe what? people staring with that brum. Wearing. Yep. Wanna make you a star, baby. Chromosomes yep. to the perfect parent. She weigh more than alright. Bad bitch in her genotype. Damn right, I'm tryna pipe. Only ride if the settles, right? So high that settle light. Goosebumps from the linen. Goosebumps, yeah, she's sinning. Baddie, touch her touch. That's hidden. Drop and take like I'm finished. I should live in Finland. Couple homies speak Finnish. Pen the drug, penicillin. My pocket pissing this villain. My inner drive at the ceiling. Despicable how I'm feeling. Millions like minions. Rap star slash rap star Built a team support not far They'd bring the whole PR If only a sliver in my health bar Underdog the way I come back Overcast make them run laps In the club raining cats and dogs Where the fuck the umbrella's at? Bullets know I got the juice Got a big head, need a wider noose yes. Can't feel my face, still it's kinda loose it. Been the truth, not it approved not a Chain look like glitter glue glitter. Other chain got a darker hue you. Take a cruise, tip the whole crew All Whole fridge yeah. from yeah. Whole Foods yeah. I'm rock hard, stoned offline stoned. First time that she rock climb First. Treat me like some rock candy Nasty. Now she wants a rock wine Well worded with a slight slang Boss. She the same cause her tongue rang Yum. Throw shade when she sunbathe Ooh. 50 bands with my heart hang some G's and G events, she villas chillin', we just venting, speaking French and hailing French, she's trying to get the dream eventually, even if it takes a century, I don't wanna be a Benji, decree to leave the gentry, people starving, truckers, Bentley, money, we greet it, and we pat down for the entry, each assembly, what? If they don't want us, then fuck it, they're lost, team on my back, I still carry the cross, buy what I like, care less about the cards, writing with diamonds, I'm like Robert Frost, life is a movie, the scene is just soft, you at the dentist, I'll leave you in awe, tell you what it is, laid on the law, flicking you off while I'm rolling the Raw.